Hi, and welcome to episode one of the podcast Southgate Intersections, an exploration of environmental injustice and its repercussions under COVID-19 in a Southeast Los Angeles community. Let's get into it. Entering Southgate via the 710 and Firestone Boulevard, you will be greeted by the concrete-laden Los Angeles River and the rusted metal exterior of Schultz Steel Company. As you move down the six-lane boulevard, you'll see a blue truck turning out of the new Amazon Sortation Center. Whether it's the trailers getting off the freeway to go to any of the various industrial facilities or people on their way to the Azalea Shopping Center, there is always traffic. The city is bustling. Walking down the streets of Southgate, odds are you will hear the sound of Norteño music blasting out of someone's truck. You might walk by a jumpy or two or have trouble deciding whether you should buy a snack from the elotero, paletero, or taquero, each offering selections that are equally enticing. You'll say, buenas tardes to someone's abuelo sitting on their front porch as you walk by. Around 5 p.m., the smell of someone cooking carne or pollo asado will make its way over to your nostrils, leaving your stomach growling. If you walk by Southgate Park, you'll probably see a birthday being celebrated and maybe partake in a pickup game at goals or watch an afternoon volleyball game. From there, you might end your tour of Southgate with a stroll down Tweedy Boulevard and visit some of the mom and pop shops. Southgate is located in the southeast region of Los Angeles, 10 minutes from the heart of downtown. The city encompasses about seven miles, but it seems so much larger. Its neighboring cities include Los Angeles, Huntington Park, Linwood, Cudahy, Bell Gardens, and Downey. I'm going to play you guys a clip of Robert Montalvo, a resident of Southgate, host of the podcast Southgate Real Talk, and community activist who will be providing a little context on Southgate. We will hear a lot more of him during the series. So it, since World War II, um, this, this whole area, everywhere from like Long Beach all the way down to like Vernon, has been uh, industrialized, right? It wasn't until like I believe the 60s that it started actually being uh, residential, like more residents. You know, the population was obviously Caucasian, stuff like the middle class uh, Caucasian. Uh, residents, but I think uh, around the 70s kind of start changing demographics started changing and then after Reagan um, Started doing the citizenship and all that, you know, people started migrating over here to like these little communities But as they were migrating, you know, like the foundation still had like right now we have pipelines uh, crude oil passing through the park. We have crude oil passing through everything uh, the air quality um, The battery factor. I mean that it soil still contaminated from the 40s and everybody knows about it, but nobody does anything about it. I'm sure you've seen it, like uh, Vernon, the, obviously the uh, the uh, battery acid. I mean, you have uh, manganese infesting our water wells. I mean, there's just so many things out here that's not done. Right. We have um, environmental groups, right? But they're just proxies. You know, there they, there are some people in there, but when it comes time to actually do something they back down because lo and behold they're funded by local government officials mm -hmm. the senators uh, uh, the congress people mm -hmm. so there's really nothing being done out here 
In the 1920s and the 1930s, it was primarily an industrial blue-collar community, composed primarily of non-Hispanic whites. In the 40s and 50s, it was blue-lined and gained the reputation as one of the most segregationist cities in the region. From the 1970s through the 1990s, many Latinos began to move into the area. By the 1990s, Latinos became the dominant demographic, taking on the blue-collar industrial jobs. I'd like to take some time to acknowledge that while environmental justice in Southgate is not my story to tell, I do think that it is an issue that needs to be talked about and needs to be the focus of future research in academia. Although I did find some studies on Southgate specifically, there was not much and most of it was conducted before 2010. I think research needs to be conducted into these environmental injustices alongside the community in the future, especially with their implications under COVID-19, the acceleration of climate change, and what that means for the future health of this community. I'd like to share a little bit about my connection to Southgate. I have been coming to Southgate since I was a child. My mom emigrated from Mexico when she was 21, and only one of her seven brothers and sisters followed in her footsteps. While my mom settled down in San Diego, my tia made her home in Southgate. My tia and her family were the only family on either of my parents' sides that lived in the state. Growing up as an only child, my cousins and I were really close. They were more like my brother and sister. My parents would take me to see them as much as possible, and I always loved going to Southgate. Everything was within walking distance. Down the street was Los Locos, a discount store where we could find slightly imperfect products from places like Target and Costco at a cheap price. There was the 99 cent store, the liquor store where we bought hot Cheetos, and the Salvadoreño restaurant with the best chorizo pupusas I've ever had. My fondest memories are of waking up early in the morning and the grown-ups sending me and my cousin to pick up donuts and coffee from May, the Cambodian lady down the block that watched us all grow up. During the summer, we would chalk the concrete or ride scooters until the sun went down, then listen to our parents tell us stories. Or we would watch my tío and tía make dulce de leche, a grueling process that takes two days but produced my favorite childhood treat. I could never fall asleep because there was always banda music playing late into the night and the constant background noise of cars and sirens or cuetes setting off car alarms at 3 a.m. As I grew up, I began to take note of the stark differences between the environment I grew up in and that which my cousins grew up in. My neighborhood was a predominantly white, quiet, and green Escondido suburb. My cousins lived in a predominantly Latino vecindario, facing a solemnly used railroad track and a heavily trafficked main street. As I grew older and my interest in environmental justice and climate change blossomed, I began to take more notice of these things. I had questions like, why is it that my cousins always seem to have allergies? Why is it that the air always smelled faintly of fumes? Why does my house have AC and my cousin's house doesn't? As my knowledge and interest in environmental issues grew, I began to realize that these were not abstract topics, but rather they hit closer to home than I realized. 
I began this exploration of Southgate to understand how environmental injustice, labor, and COVID-19 intersects. I wanted to uncover the extent of environmental injustice the community faces and how COVID-19 has affected this already vulnerable community. Thanks so much for listening and supporting this project. Hope you can stay tuned in. I'm your host, Aisha Wallace-Palomares. I'm an undergraduate researcher at the University of California, Berkeley, and this is Southgate Intersections, an exploration of environmental injustice and its repercussions under COVID-19 in a Southeast Los Angeles community. I would like to take the time to say thank you to the Latinx and Environment Initiative and the Institute for Research on Labor and Employment at the University of California, Berkeley for making this project possible. See you next week.